Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, to kick off the show today, uh, there's something that's happening, something we're finding out more and more about that is astounding. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it seems like no one cares because it's not being reported. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's the long and short of it. Holy smokes, man. Yeah, and this is the latest drop that we were going through live on the air yesterday of the Twitter files. And to summarize, after being able to read through it a couple of times and try to synthesize it as as succinctly as possible into a, a nice little synopsis, here's what you need to know. Okay. The FBI and other intelligence officials had a direct line to the executives at Twitter And in fact, the feds had been paying Twitter employees for training, and several FBI folks wound up working at Twitter just ahead of the 2020 presidential election. Uh, They even gave Twitter employees and a bunch of people from the media, from national media outlets like NPR, New York Times, etc., uh, this heads up, this theoretical working group idea, right? That mm-hmm. I, I just pulling it out of the hat. I don't know. This was like what September of 2020. They're yep. getting together. They're talking about this. In theory, somebody might, I don't know, drop some sort of damaging information regarding Hunter Biden, and suggesting that maybe there were some corrupt business deals involving the president's crackhead son. And at that time, presidential candidate Joe Biden. Now, here's a roadmap for how you handle it. And they all followed it to a T. When the but actual the FBI laptop knew that the laptop not only existed, it was real. Yes. And they knew about what was in it, which linked Joe Biden to the corrupt business deal. Yes. And they also knew the New York Post was probably going to be dropping this story sometime in the near future. So around September of 2020, everybody gets together and they say, okay, here, here's the, here's the game plan, folks. Here's what you can trust us. We're experts. We're the FB freaking eye. And it just so happened that after the New York Post tried to call Hunter Biden for comment on the story, which of course he had no comment, then very quickly the FBI says it's coming. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So, so to boil it down in a sentence or two, what you have here is the intelligence community actively interfering in a presidential election to get their desired outcome. That's Correct. what happened. Yes. That, that is absolutely true. You talk about threats to democracy. My goodness. I, dude, I know this might sound crazy, but to me, and tell me where this is flawed. It's not a threat. That's a barricade. It stopped it. Democracy didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It was not a fair playing field because that story was real. And people had already said in the polling, we would have voted different. It's hard to prove that. But that is a federal agency that got involved to manipulate the outcome of an election. That's not democracy, yeah. man. 
Well, and an unlike uh, unlike in years past where that has at least been uh, the conspiracy theory, as they say, you know, they they think about, oh, the, you know, the, the the spooks meddled with Nixon and that's why Watergate happened. Like those theories mm-hmm. are out there. You can read about them. Some of them I find very compelling. But in this case, you actually have documented evidence of the feds doing it. Yes. There's no denying it. Well, in Twitter's defense in uh, 2020, it was hard to find good people. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Everybody had openings. It's, I'm trying to find the humor in it. Thank you, Scott. I, it's it, the only it, thing. I mean, listen, man, I get it. I mean, I understand completely. You knew. I'm not surprised by any of this. None of it. I'm a little shocked, but hardly surprised. I'm with you. I think the frustrating part is that legacy media will still ignore the story. And there'll be so many people in this country that won't even know it happened. And I suppose even if some people knew it happened, they would say, well, at least it was for our side, but I don't care. Yeah, That's a little bit frustrating. But the fact that a lot of independent voters won't even know about this, because that's what the media is supposed to do. They're supposed to inform the public. That's how the country's built. And it, it's freaking rigged all over the place from bad actors. Well, and, I mean, the stunning thing here is this is just a few years after the FBI tried to tank a actual president who was duly elected by the American people with the whole fake Russia stuff. I mean, they've been doing this for a while. This is probably the most egregious thing. And I think one of the big reasons why you're not seeing this in legacy media is because, well, if you read the Twitter, the latest Twitter files dump, they were involved in this, too. Yes, they were. The FBI has that, probably does have that direct line to CNN, to MSNBC, to all the major news networks. I mean, if you, and that's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, look at what's on their air. You know, on CNN, how many freaking former CIA oh, yeah. agents or bosses do they Absolutely. have as paid contributors? Yes. Well, and if you go back to the early 2021 Time Magazine story mm-hmm. where you had different people involved basically with the Democratic Party and the powers that be, they bragged they couldn't help themselves. How they colluded together. It was big tech legacy media, the Democratic Party, all together to stop Trump. They bragged about it, and this is just one part of it. Yeah, It's just coming out. And again, it's propaganda. That's all you can say as far as NBC, CNN, MSNBC. That's not news. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what happened to liberals, because liberals for a long time had worried about stuff like this. You know, you know that, you know, you had the Fed spying on MLK. You had all of the, these other shenanigans going on, and they were very, very worried about it. They were freaked out, by and large, by the Patriot Act and yes. stuff like that. And, I, I mean, this has been making the rounds. It was back in the 70s. It's from the 70s here. Mm-hmm. There was a very liberal Democratic senator from Idaho named Frank Church. He was a big player in fighting the deep state before we even had language to really describe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a lot of enemies by calling out intelligence agencies for spying on Americans, experimenting on Americans uh, with mind-controlling drugs, LSD, speed, things like that, and then using national media to silence dissent. The final report in his investigation 
kind of softened the blow for national media because there was a fear that they would discredit major news media figures at the time because of wow. how close they were to the U.S. intelligence agencies. Wow. Uh, now, on Meet the Press in 1975, he famously said this about the government's spying capabilities. Roll it. At the same time, that capability at any time could be turned around on the American people. And no American would have any privacy left, such as the capability to monitor everything, telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no place to hide. If this government ever became a tyranny, if a dictator ever took charge in this country, the technological capacity that the intelligence community has given the government could enable it to impose total tyranny, and there would be no way to fight back. Now, why is this investigation important? I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to see this country ever go across the bridge. I know the capacity that is there to make tyranny total in America. And we must see to it that this agency and all agencies that possess this technology operate within the law and under proper supervision. So that we never cross over that abyss. There, that's the abyss from which there is no return. That's where we are. I am all of a sudden scared. Well, I, I wasn't joking when I said, you know, buy no. guns and ammo, plant the crisis garden, and get right with Jesus. Because things are going to get weird here. And, I mean, we, I think we've been in this position for a we long have. time. And it's really just coming to a head. But now, this is a very liberal guy. Right. At the time. And now current-day liberals see something like the Twitter files and think, well, they had a good reason. That's frightening. Yeah. You know, I think over time, Glenn Greenwald, well, Barry Weiss, Matt Taibbi, just to name a few, I think would tell you pretty liberal. And at some point in time, I was looking at what was going on saying, whoa, I can't be a part of this. I got to go independent because I don't like what I'm seeing. And it's exactly what we're seeing right now. Now, you get got a ton of hacks that just want their job, whether that's NBC, ABC, wherever. They're just going to do what they're told. They're going to report on what they're told. And then you got to go up to the top of, okay, how do you decide exactly what you're going to cover? Because you know that's filthy. But you, for the people that were independent that broke out on their own, total respect. Because it seems like you took that journalistic ethic seriously. For everybody else, they're just hacks going along with the flow. Something, man. Is there any hope when the new Congress is seated? <laughs> no. No, I didn't not. think so. No. I wanted to throw it out there. Well, I think a you bit should... of optimism yeah. here, yeah. <laughs> the first thing you got to do is make sure that people know what's even going on. Well, that's what I mean. And, and that's, that's a tough thing. You know, because if, if all of a sudden someone says, you know what, we really do have to dismantle the FBI. If they don't pay attention to what's going on, they'll think you're a freaking kook. <laughs> Try it. I've done it. Yeah. What, do you really think they should dismantle the FBI? Yes. Because it's that corrupt. Do you know A, B, and C? And no, I don't even know what you're talking about. It is, man. You've got a ton of people brainwashed. Mm -hmm. They really don't know what's happening. But you know what they do know about? 
January 6th. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Yes, they do. <laughs> they know about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, you'll be surprised to know that uh, the January 6th committee, which definitely went in to this whole investigation with an open mind, they just want to see where the facts <laughs> take them, right? Right. It's a bipartisan committee, my friends. All right. You'll be shocked to learn that they have recommended criminal charges against Donald Trump for the, his role in the Capitol riot. They just want the truth out. That's so right. forget forget that tweet where Trump said, "Be peaceful, go home." Yeah, well, that was never a part of it. Yeah, they they okay. apparently didn't okay. want to investigate failures in law enforcement and intelligence no. and who could have actually put up uh, stronger barricades, all that kind of. Stuff. No, don't worry about any of that. And the how fact many people that, were calling for more law enforcement? Why yeah, was some law enforcement holding the doors open right. for people to come into the Capitol? None of that. Yeah. Well, uh, news media people though they were all tingly at the news. Oh, I bet they were. Now to an historic step by Congress against a former president. Absolutely historic. Historic. This has never happened before. It's never happened before. A very big step in our ongoing national reckoning. Wrapping up their sweeping investigation. Sweeping investigation. They just threw the book at Donald Trump. Urging the Justice Department to prosecute Donald Trump. One of the most important moments ever <laughs> in the Republic. Donald Trump responded to all this, saying it was partisan and a kangaroo court. I, I just want to include that because I love that guy's voice. That's Scott McFarlane. At the right end. The and a kangaroo court. <laughs> yes. Reminds me of a different time when newsmen were men. <laughs> the people cared about truth. They drank and smoked on the air and told us what was happening. Gee whiz, man. It's wild. Um, did you know if you bring up the border crisis, you're helping the smugglers? Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is a leap. Wait till you hear this. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. That is our direct message to the families in Central America. Do not send your children to the borders. If they do make it, they'll get sent back. More importantly, they may, may not make it. What? Who is that? Who's the xenophobic, hating person that said that? Well, that's some far right-wing commentator, isn't yeah. it? Who is it? That Obama? No. Is that who that was? What? That's not who we are. <laughs> yeah, well, I had no idea. That's who you were. I, I had no idea that Barack was spelled with three Ks. How about that? Learn something new every day. <laughs> Very hateful. Yes. Wow, how the tales have been turned around when it comes to illegal immigration. Mm. So now we have this border crisis. And, you know, we have, you know, several updates to get to, but... One of the things that we've learned in the last 24 hours is that if you bring up that we do have, in fact, a border crisis, which some people have been doing for pretty much two years, you're helping the smugglers. Yeah. So Title 42 will not end tomorrow after the Supreme Court temporarily suspended the ending of it. Um, and that's good news for now. They're basically giving the Biden administration uh, a little bit of time to sort of rethink this position. They're not going to, probably, but we'll see. But they've known about it for months. Right. Uh, and, you know, there's like 50,000 people waiting in Mexico right now and many thousands yep. more on the way up because they know the border is open. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about what the plan was to deal with this whenever it does occur. Okay. So, look, I, I don't uh, don't have a, um, 
a number uh, for you at this time. What I can right. say is that we know smugglers uh, will try to spread misinformation to take advantage of these vulnerable uh, migrants. But I want to be very clear here. Uh, the fact is that the removal of Title 42 does not mean the border is open. Uh, anyone who suggests otherwise is simply doing the work of these smugglers who, again, are spreading misinformation and which are which is very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you heard this story. Um, I think I heard this from Brian Dean Wright um, with his report talking about a guy from India. And this is at the border, California, Tijuana. He, he jumps up the border wall. He's got his wife, five-year-old, with him. He fractures his skull and dies mm-hmm. jumping. The mom fractures a hip. Boy's alive. But there are different people saying that's on Republicans' hands. The blood is on their hands for that wall. Are you kidding me? And the point was, this guy traveled, was it, 3,000 miles, whatever, probably life savings. Why? Because he knows the odds are pretty good. He's going to get in. It's an open border. That's not because Republicans started saying, uh, borders are open. Remember all of the big caravans, massive caravans coming up at different points in time yeah. during the Trump administration? That wasn't because Republicans were saying, open border. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right. You know, somebody said Because they had, right. they had people working behind the scenes to make it happen then. They still do. Oh, you're right. I mean, I got a note the other day from somebody that said they travel sometimes abroad for business. When they come back to the U.S., they have to show a passport. And if you're in the military, you have to be vaccinated. It's crazy. None of this applies to anybody coming no, over the border. Not. None of it. No, of course not. American citizen, let's see your passport. Wait a minute. I know. They remember blood pressure, Scott. Jeez, man. I can but I hear her say can, stuff like I that, know. and I'm like, that's insanity. It is insanity. No doubt about it. Speaking of insanity, I don't know if you saw that Avatar 2, The Way of Water, came out. Apparently a lot of cultural appropriation there uh, because there were a lot of white people playing these large blue people. If you think I'm joking, oh, I'm not. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> come I'm on. not. I wish I was joking. <laughs> it is freaking hilarious. Oh this nut thinks that's cultural appropriation. Uh, we will get to that and a news update straight ahead. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a few different stories out there. I mean, the big two, it seems like. The Twitter files to know exactly what was going on and what's been going on for a while as far as the FBI and their involvement with Twitter. We don't even know about Facebook other than they told Zuckerberg, yeah, there's going to be some... Uh, uh, Russian disinformation coming your way. Keep your eyes out. But, you know, how far does that stretch? We had no idea how many former FBI employees worked at Twitter until the last couple of days. That's alarming in itself. Yeah. And you notice from the Twitter files that the relationship between the FBI and Twitter, I forget who said this, but it was spot on in my opinion. It's kind of like dog and master. Like, yeah. Here's this stuff, and here's what you need to do. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say. 
That's not the way it's supposed to work. Well, that's because they agree with it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they want it to be true. That's just it, man. I suppose the more we get into COVID and yep. the vaccine, yep. when more and more truth reaches the masses, maybe then people will start to get upset. Wait a second. When they find, when they find out the CDC knew things and didn't tell the public and lied to people, along with Fauci, maybe that will turn some people around because there's hardly anybody that wasn't affected somehow by COVID in a negative way. I mean, had someone close to you die, keeping kids out of school, there's losing a business. And to know we didn't have to go through a lot of what we went through, but you had people suppressing information on social media where a lot of people were getting, well, their news, then maybe they'll be upset. I don't know. We'll wait and see. And then at the same time, we have this border issue going on, and the media is most concerned about January 6th than the threat to democracy. Holy smokes, man. It's crazy. And as we go through our news every day, we're seeing stories that get our attention, maybe not the biggest story, but worthy of bringing up. What do you got today for your story, David? No, I'm going to call an audible. Okay. What I told you earlier. Uh, we have woke Christmas hymns now. Whoa. Just so you know. And this is real. This is not a parody. Okay? Okay. All right. This is actually at a church. It is a rewrite of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And I just want to read the ensuing verses. Okay? All right. God rest you also women who by men have been erased through history ignored and scorned, defiled and displaced. Remember that your stories, too, are held within God's grace. God rest ye. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at the look on your face. <laughs> just, just, I know. Isn't Mary one of the big focal points of the story? She's been erased. Somehow. Yeah. No, and without her, this story doesn't happen. Mary became Mark. What happened? What are we talking about? <laughs> Uh, Here's another uh, new verse here. God rest you queer and questioning. Your anxious hearts be still. Believe that you are deeply known and parts of God's good will. For all to live as one in peace, the global dream fulfilled. I got a new hymn for him. Tell him that God's gonna (laughs) cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Thank you, John. There you go. There, there. Yeah. There's your woke. What is it? Hymns. God rest ye. What is it again? Uh, the God, the the God other verse was ye. God rest you queer and questioning. Queer and questioning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what's your story today, Scott? Top that. Well, I don't know if I can. Um, this one involves Joe Biden and Doctor Jill Biden going on the Drew Barrymore show. Oh yeah. I know. I mean, there's a there, there's a segment of the population that goes who. Drew Barrymore has a talk show? Yes, she does. So they went on the show. It was Friendly Fire, of course. Uh, they were there just kicking back a little Christmas week, sharing some personal information. And uh, the question came up, does Joe buy Jill a Christmas gift? Does he? Well, every year she said he writes a poem. Said that's what she expects from her husband, and that's what he delivers on, a poem. So with that, just a couple of samples. Roses are red. 
I like bacon and eggs. Sometimes tell children I bought my hairy legs. That's that's one of my favorites. It ended up in the book, but I think my ultimate. He didn't really write that. No, I wrote You're, that. Okay. <laughs> um, this one was sent to me early this morning because we have the coolest listeners. In Joe's poems to his wife for Christmas, roses are red. You're a national treasure. I meant when I said it. True international average of pressure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> good. It rhymes. Sure does. Yep. Okay. Uh, for my story today, it is Avatar, the way of water, is guilty of cultural appropriation. That's what a film critic has claimed good in a tweet. Okay. That would be film critic... Kathia Woods um, said, yes, it's definitely an example of cultural appropriation. We're like, okay, how does this work? Okay, if you remember Avatar or seen the new one or the original, I mean, it's, it is like nine-foot-tall blue people. Yes. Okay, and very marginalized people of color, community. Yes. Yes, that, that are playing the parts of these people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what this woman said is at some point we got to talk about the cultural appropriation of avatar and white actors are cosplaying as people of color it's just a mess and not and so not necessary and no amount of visual effects slash cgi is going to erase that bad lace fronts dry synthetic braids and then it says jesus fix it i i I think it might take the Lord. Uh, They're blue people. I was just going to say, they're blue. They're giant blue people who are guarding this thing called unobtainium. (laughs) Well, they actually do have, what, two starring actors who are not white, right? I forget their names, but... Oh, what's her name? Zoldana. Zoldano. What's her first name? I'm probably butchering her last name, too. Zoe. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is nuts. Well, she ended up making the Twitter account private because so many people were saying, is this a joke? Let's see. There's a few examples in the story. I saw this at Fox. Uh, From the Washington Free Beacon, the investigative reporter there, Andrew Kerr, James Cameron didn't even try to find native blue people to play these roles. <laughs> Shake my head. I was going to say that somewhere a blue person looked at the screen and went, finally, someone who looks like me. I know. <laughs> Why are you taking this away from <laughs> exactly. people of blue color? That's yes. right. Uh, from the Washington Examiner, columnist Beckett Adams said, it's true, it's disgusting James Cameron didn't cast any actual Navi actors in a movie about the Navi. <laughs> Uh, was it Hannah Cox? When you're so woke, you start grouping made-up aliens in with actual people of color. Like, this is so offensive. What the heck? (laughs) That's one of the other things I thought. Like, if they actually did go out and, let's say, they cast all black people as these, like, weird aliens that... Oh, uh, get colonized and whatnot. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, it would... That would be a huge problem, Okay. Yes. Uh, So then the critic wrote then on Monday, apparently I made some people on the right mad with my Avatar tweet. We're not mad. We're laughing at you. 
Well, and it's not just people on the right. Some, yes, everyone's laughing at you. What was that from Europe? Alberto Miguel Fernandez. Assume this is a parody account. James Cameron is culturally appropriating because he didn't hire any blue people? <laughs> and even worse, would you learn that the original script for Hashtag Avatar was written by the decidedly non-blue Cameron? That makes it even worse. Are we going to go after Blue Man Group next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just we, Well, it is about time we confront as a nation, maybe even have a national conversation about Blueface. Well, maybe it's time. Problem. You're probably right. Um, so that was my story today. You know what? It reminds me of something else that I totally forgot about, um, but read this piece last night uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Are you familiar with this new movie with Brendan Fraser coming out? The Whale, right? I've heard little tidbits about it, but I, I, I don't know what it's about. Okay. So apparently this is very controversial. I did see that he was up for, what, a Golden Globe for this? Mm -hmm. um, but he's not going to go to the Golden Globes. Did you know this story? Because I don't remember it. He accused someone of inappropriately touching him or something to that degree, fondling or whatever, that was on the Golden Globe uh, committee mm -hmm. from a long time ago when he was very young. Oh, boy. Oh, it was a mess. Um, anyway, he said, yeah, I'm not going. You know, regardless. But this whole movie is about this guy that's 600 pounds and what it's like to live as a morbidly obese person. Now, I know it sounds terrible to call it the whale, but that's because there's uh, the story of Moby Dick that's very much a part of the storytelling. Does somebody go inside his mouth and. No, no, no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think what they're after is, you know, different people have different addictions, right? Right. And so for people that have, you know, a food addiction and an eating disorder, it's to get the audience to understand, you know, what that could be like. It's the way I understand it. I haven't even seen a trailer for the movie, but some people are already ticked off because they want to say he was wearing a fat suit. And the director is saying, stop it. It's not even a fat suit. Okay, it's prosthetics. And it's makeup. This is what, I mean, this is right. what it is. You stop. Okay, because we're trying to tell a story. But there are already people, you know, very much offended by the entire thing without seeing the movie. I have no idea if it would be good or not. I just think it's very interesting. They're trying to tell that story. And even before it comes out, there are already people that are oh. completely ticked off about it. Because they didn't cast a real fat person? Well, you know what? That's probably going to be part of it now that you say that. Yeah, and we do the Avatar story. Yeah. It's, it's going to be the Million Rascal March <laughs> in protest of this. Oh, oh that's, that's terrible. Well, they got that 600-pound life show. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Oh, I can't well, watch that movie. It makes me I, sick to my stomach, honestly. I, I, I get so sad. They said just for him getting getting off of a chair, I mean, it, it takes so much effort oh, that it's just yeah. it's incredibly sad. It's wild, man. Okay, there was an all-ages Christian, Christian Christmas drag show. What is going on out there and in Texas? Next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Man, I don't get the parents taking kids to... The, quote, all-ages drag show. Boy, I don't either. 
Dude, when did this become this super yeah, exactly. important cultural thing to bring little kids to a show where grown men dressed as women dance in front of them for tips? Provocatively. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, dancing's one thing. Gyrating and all yeah. the... Doing strip teases. Yes. That's freaking weird. Well, another one happened in Austin, Texas. There's been a number of these in Texas. Yeah. And I didn't see this on Tucker Carlson's show last night. Did you see it, Scott? This independent journalist, yes. Taylor Hanson. Yeah, who went in with the camera. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he was talking about what he got suspended on Twitter for sharing the footage. Yes. Because it was an all-ages show. Yes. Family-friendly. But you can't put it on Twitter. How does that make sense? It well, doesn't. they had to. There was parts they had to black out, like of of breasts. Well, and simulated sex, all of that. Yeah, they, they did black that out last night when you watched the video. I mean, it was unreal. I, and they also made mention of the fact that there are like no dads of these things. It's all moms and of their kids. Not. Oh, jeez, man, that's so sad, dude. Yeah. So what can you do? What should society do with that? Well, it's uh, mom. If mom wants to take kid to the all drag show, because when people say no, that's that's abuse. Well, you can't. I agree. Take, you can't yeah. take your twelve-year-old boy into a strip joint. They're carting at the door. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, but we allow. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I think the the trouble that you would have in crafting any sort of law is like who enforces it because like with the strip You're club right. thing. There is an established business there. The drag show thing can go on the road. It can like show up anywhere. Um, and I mean, so I, I again, I don't know who is enforcing what or whatever. I have no problem with saying, yeah, child abuse. I have no no problem with that at all. But honestly, I think you gotta if if a, if a performer is willingly doing that simulated sex acts and whatnot in front of children, oh, I think I think you could face some criminal charges for that. I mean, that, I don't. I don't understand yeah. what the difference is between that and a dude showing up in a banana hammock at Denny's and dancing on the counter. Right, <laughs> you'd get arrested. They call the cops. Right. I know Mike Lee in Utah is trying to get a couple of bills through, as far as online porn, that you'd basically have to show some form of quote ID, almost like in gambling. If you're going to go on a gambling site, you got to give a credit card. Well, yeah. Okay. So is it something along those lines? The argument is there are a lot of other websites that make you sign in for something, not just click here if you're 18 or older. No, you actually got to prove that in some sort of way. And the left is fighting hard against that. I don't understand. Just why don't they just do it like Disney? You must be this tall to get into a drag show. <laughs> <laughs> You would think you could show ID. Got to show ID. Yeah. I, it, it's not hard. I know. I know. I, I just don't. I'm with David on this one. I, when did this become a thing? I know, man. It's I slept right through that. Deterioration because, uh, yeah. of freaking society. At the same time, the technology keeps rolling along. Maybe you saw this. There is an $11,500 toilet that has Alexa inside. You can put it inside your home. Nope. No, 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 no. I know that you're against the smart TV, yeah. let alone the smart toilet. Scott? Well, I can see a benefit if you're showering and say, Alexa, play you know, Led Zeppelin. And if you're sitting on the toilet, 
Is there something that helps get you regular? Do you have a regular playlist? Is something like that? I have to think about that for a minute. Uh, something with raisins or grapes in the title? I don't know. <laughs> See you Friday 5 coming. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Crisis at the border. Nothing new. It's been going on for a while. But there are some updates with Title 42, David. Yeah, Title 42, the Trump-era health order that allowed uh, migrants to be uh, expelled more quickly or efficiently under asylum rules and let them stay in Mexico. Uh, that is supposed to be lifted tomorrow, although, although the Supreme Court intervened and said, hey, we got to we got to, you know, we're giving Joe Biden a chance to rethink this whole plan <laughs> because, because it's going to be a yeah. nightmare. Kicking the can down the road again. Yeah. Um, as far as the White House goes, they're saying, hey, we, we want more money to deal with it. Right, that's it. It's all. It always comes down to more money. It does. It always does. Throw more money at it. And it's so frustrating because, as we know, nothing's been done at the border. No. And people have been talking about this for, well, it's not even months now. It's well over a year, coming on two years. All these different mayors throughout Texas, Arizona, say, we need help here. This is unsustainable. You've had what Obama's former director of Homeland Security, say this is not sustainable. That was yeah. six months ago. Yeah. So there's a little Q&A with the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. I would call this an exercise in perseverance if you want to hear this Q&A. <laughs> okay. All right. But feel free to jump in to correct, in a loving way, the press secretary whenever you want. Sure. Okay, roll the question. The same topic. You're asking for $3.2 billion roughly from Congress to help pay for all these new or ongoing plans across the border. Let's say that money comes in the omnibus this week. What's the plan after that to work with Congress to address this issue? Like beyond, yeah. beyond. Look, we have, I mean, Ed, we have from day one have asked Congress to help us with this issue, right, by putting forward the immigration reform bill. That's on day one that the president uh, had requested that, had asked that. That's to deal with uh, modernizing uh, the immigration, this broken immigration system that we currently have, and also to really protect uh, our DACA. Okay, stop. Sorry. Are you okay, David? His head went what about down. what about the immigration system is broken what what does that have to do with what is going on at the border Nothing. honestly you can make the argument that the navigating uh the immigration system in a legal way is a nightmare i mean there are people from all over the world who find themselves uh overstaying a visa can't get any renewal mm -hmm. you know they run into all sorts of weird legal roadblocks you can make the argument that that should be cleaned up that has nothing to do with what's happening at the border right now. Nothing. Of course not. No.
But it's just, this is how she answers questions. This is part of the plan, I guess. Recipients and do so much more. And so we have we have reached out. We've done outreach to Congress. We have asked them and by by acting, again, putting forth uh, this uh, this in this piece of legislation. Virtually no change in immigration policy with Democrats well, in charge. Mean, so well, that's, I, how's I, it going to get I, any easier when Republicans well, I, are in charge? I, look. Again, we are, we've asked for the $3.5 billion. We're going to continue to ask Congress to, to assist in helping with, especially congressional Republicans, uh, to help us with what's going at the, at the border, if they, they are indeed serious about doing that. But look, even with that, without their assistance, without many uh, uh, Republicans being involved here, congressional Republicans, uh, we have secured more resources for the border uh, than any president uh, oh be- before. Th- okay, now there Scott's we breaking. Well, this is always the line. More than any president, more than any administration, more than anyone who's held the office, it's always we've done more than they have. Except, except they haven't because well, money also, wise, yeah, well, probably they, we've they, never had more people come through right. illegally. Never had well, that's more, that's a record too. Yeah, never had more people die trying to come through because it's Correct. so chaotic at the border. But they don't point that out. Yes, media or the White House. No, no. Is she anywhere close to answering the question? No. no. Of course not. Who preceded him? Who preceded this current president? He has most agents ever, as I said, the 23,000 agents. And let's not forget, he's taking historic action to seize record levels of fentanyl uh, from entering our country and taking thousands of smugglers uh, off the streets. That's because we have more smugglers than ever. And we've had record numbers of fentanyl deaths in this country. I hope that the fentanyl you get would be a record because, I don't know, 700 times that gets through. <laughs> and now I'm broken. And I've heard this before. I know. <laughs> you know Dude, I don't know how long you want to do this you know, because well, we, we, we have nearly two minutes to go in this. It's a good exercise in patience. I just do want to add there's this, like, spending bill that the omnibus spending bill that's up for votes now. Mm-hmm. Uh they do include $410 million to securing the borders of Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. <laughs> it's freaking unreal. Enhanced border security. Yes. <laughs> and Cocaine Mitch is going to sign off on of it. Of course he well, is. really helps Republicans. <laughs> Worthless. Golly. Here's more. And that's without... Uh, congressional, many con- congressional Republicans assisting here. So the president has made this a priority. Now, as we're as Title 42 is going to be lifted on Wednesday because due to a court order, we oh. put forth a 3.5 billion uh, funding request from Congress. If they are serious about this, if congressional Republicans are serious about this, they would take the, take this up instead of doing political stunts. This is going to be big news, and it is big news across the Western Hemisphere because migrants aren't just coming from the Northern Triangle anymore. They're coming from Chile, from Peru, from Ecuador, whose president is here today, Venezuela, Colombia, of course. What is the White House's message to somebody who may see this somewhere in the Western Hemisphere and think, after Wednesday, it's going to be easier to get into the United States? So, first, I want to say the president of Ecuador has been a very good partner to us on this very issue. So I want to make that very, very clear. How? I I don't know. How? I don't know. Uh, but again, I, I, I stated this to, to Steve, and I'll say this again. The, the fact that the uh, removal of Title 42 is happening in just a day or two doesn't mean that the border is open. It just doesn't mean that. Really? Because I, I actually saw on the Today Show they were down in Reynosa. 
Yes. At a, in, in a tent city. And I can't believe mm-hmm. they were actually there. It's amazing. It's like yeah. now the midterms are over, and now they're actually going to dispatch people to Mexico to see what people are waiting on. And they spoke to people who said, yeah, we're waiting for Title 42 to end because yeah. we know we can come in. Of course. They, <laughs> they've I mean, been told. <laughs> but we have a really great relationship with the Ecuadorian president. Well, there you go. Yeah. And we've been working with our partners. And if Republicans in Congress was was serious, they would give us more money that we're going to do nothing about this problem because we want more and more people to come through. He's sending us high-quality soccer players. Okay, it's under a minute. You ready to bail? We done? We got to move no, on. No, no, There's no. other stuff. What? No, no. You want to see it through? Carry on, my wayward son. Oh, yes. buddy. Uh, when Title 42 goes away, we will go back to Title 8, uh, which allows for a process to make sure that people can have their own asylum claims heard, and those who do not have a legal uh, basis to remain will be quickly removed. That doesn't no, change not. the process uh, that we have been moving forward with since day one of this administration. Uh-uh. Uh, look, we are surging, no. uh, surging assistance to the border, as I've laid out very oh, clearly, as Secretary Mayorkas has the past uh, week yeah. or so. <laughs> Uh, and so we're going to continue to do that. But again, plain English to migrants who might be thinking about it, what should they do after Wednesday? I, I just laid that really clear. It, it, it would be wrong to think that the border is open. It is not open. And I just want to be very, very clear about that. You Okay, so that's the end. Gr- great job. I'm going to give you a hand clap for making it through. Okay. <laughs> so if you've been set up in a tent right across the Rio Grande, as so many have, and like you said, David, on the Today Show, it's not open. So just go back to where you came from. Yes. Because it's not open. They know it's open. All they got to do is make it through. What are you talking about? Jeez. It makes absolutely no sense. Oh. Okay. So there we go. See what happens. Well, at least Supreme Court held it up for a while anyway. <laughs> it, yeah. For a while. For a while. But this is what the administration wants to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, this is, almost seems like a gossipy kind of story, but it certainly made some headlines. Andrew Cuomo, ex-governor of New York. Yeah. Had dinner with Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. Yeah, and the New York Post uh, reported that they had uh, a dinner together at a swanky Italian place on the Upper East Side of New York City. What's that all about? Mm. Uh, there, there was... Some speculation that perhaps he is uh, planning another run for governor. Someone said as a Republican, I I don't know about that, maybe as an independent. Or maybe, you know, things aren't so going so hot at the Conway household. And because she's still with George, right? Even though there was a weird thing going on because he was a never Trumper and she's advising Trump. Yeah. That whole thing. And for a while, you just wanted to take her away from all that, Scott. I did well. I didn't. I don't want to endorse what she's doing now, but I understand. I think the, the thing that. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean by that? You understand? Well, I mean, if there's a, if you're married to George Conway. Or you saying not professionally? You're saying personally. Then you would understand it. More than I would, yeah, professionally. Yes. <laughs> to get away from George Conway, yeah. I don't blame her there. Taken up with Cuomo is a whole other issue, though. Frying pan, fire. Well, that's Can you find right? a decent human being? Right. It's been a long time since I've been groped. <laughs> that's why she calls him Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> she needs to get on Love Over 50. <laughs> My 
goodness, man. Start swiping. Well, I just, I just yeah. go back to the George Carlin line. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. <laughs> right. That's really what it is. Also, news out there today. Pharmacies are limiting kids' medicine purchases because of the shortages. Hey, you can only get so much of this Tamiflu or whatever. That, that is partly from the supply chain, correct? Yeah. You're saying no, though, right? Yeah, it goes back and forth. Well, no, it's it's not so much the supply chain. Unexpected that, surge this, this year. Yes. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, it's flu season, and then you have the RBS stuff, and you got the COVID, and you got, you know, like all three at the same time, and there's just been a big run-on for all this. And that's why it's not there. It's just something else that we're seeing right now that I don't remember seeing before. I know that right now it's yeah. got top of mind for you, David, because yeah. you got two little kids. Well, yeah, I mean, they've been limiting purchases on a ton of, of baby goods from medicine, formula, obviously, uh, because in Joe Biden's America, apparently we rely on foreign aid to feed infants. Gosh, man, it's really something, isn't it? And, you know, I was looking for a clip earlier today of Obama talking about what we would do to people that did try to get into the country illegally, mm -hmm. which he said, we'll send you back, which now would be so unloving. Yeah. There are other things that I'll tell you what, I'll get to at least one of them. Old Obama clips that you can't almost believe that this guy said at um, one point in time. It's like all of a sudden he's saying all these things back in 2007 that you completely agree with. It's you, you, know. you, 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 you can tell. No, that was before you had all that issue. It was way, way before you had that car to start. <laughs> he had a few of those. Remember when he was talking about the okie doke and all that? You, 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 yeah, you, we'll get to the you, clip you, of Obama you, you, and a news update that. straight ahead. Right. Here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We had a government agency censor American people and news and control a narrative before an election. Yep. And very few are talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's astounding. Yeah. Well, what we know from the Twitter files. Well, the reason you're not seeing mainstream media really touch this is because, well, they've got the same FBI to newsroom pipeline that Twitter did. They don't want to tell on themselves or burn their <clears throat> sources. <laughs> it's so corrupt, man. Seriously, if someone would have told you this seven years ago, would you have believed it? I would have said I'm open-minded to it, but I need yeah. to see the proof, and we've seen the proof. Absolutely. And again, it's still being covered up in so many different ways. It's, gosh, I can only say it's astounding so many times. But that is really astounding. astounding. No, you're right. It just is. I just saw another report on it. And now I'm totally taking off my game. What were we even going to talk about here? <laughs> I have no idea. There's, a, there's so much stuff going on all at one time. Yeah. And I'm looking up at the Fox News crawl. Twitter file showed dis comfort with fbi involvement somebody from twitter said this was more like a congressional hearing yes yeah. where they were getting messages right. and yeah, at yeah. some point somebody stood up and said hey you're gonna have to get uh you know you know some more what was it proof of something before we can just do what you're asking us to do right and nobody in a position of power actually followed that 
No. I mean, that that's the most disturbing thing is that you've got the most influential social media platform out there and others, too. And I say influential just because most national media journalists are on Twitter, very active on Twitter, and they use that to decide what is and isn't news, what is and isn't real. So by controlling Twitter, you're controlling news media. That's what the issue really comes down to. And, I mean, they, they just saw it as uh, this is this is the right thing, and that is the most disturbing thing to me, that so many people at Twitter just said, oh, yeah, sure, sure, Fed. Yeah, you, you can tell us what to do. Unreal. I did want to play this for you. As I was searching for an old Obama clip, I came across this. This would have been when he was running for president, or shortly thereafter. Can't quite remember. Um, but see if you just agree with this guy on what he's saying. At this point of this speech, he was talking to younger people. All right. And I know you can meet the challenge. Many of you already are. If you make the effort. It may be hard, but you will have to reject the cynicism that says the circumstances of your birth or society's lingering injustices necessarily define you and your future. Wow. It will take courage, but you will have to tune out the naysayers who say the deck is stacked against you. You might as well just give up or settle into the stereotype. What? I know. It's not going to happen overnight, but you're going to have to set goals. And you're going to have to work for those goals. Nothing will be given to you. The world is tough out there. Okay. Yeah. We help these wonderful young men become better husbands and fathers and well-educated, hardworking, good citizens. Then not only will they contribute to the growth and prosperity of this country, but they will pass on those lessons onto their children, onto their grandchildren. We'll start a different yeah. cycle. Uh-huh. And this country will be richer and stronger for it for generations to come. What happened to that guy? That guy never really existed. That's right. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, biggest story of the day. <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with the Twitter files thing, but also uh, what's happening at the border. Uh, the Supreme Court has temporarily given... Uh, you know, Joe Biden, a little bit of time to rethink the whole lifting of Title 42 at the border, uh, which if that is lifted, you're going to have they're estimating 14,000 people a day coming across the border. There's already 50,000 or so just in northern Mexico ready to come in as soon as this thing is lifted. By the way, that clip of Obama. Can you think of a better example of a wolf in sheep's clothing? No kidding. No. Joy Reid and Simone Sanders have a piece of audio that we're going to laugh at. (laughs) Coming right up. You want to hear this? The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right. What is this greatness we're about to hear, David? Oh, so that January 6th committee has. I know. I know. I was just as surprised as you were. They are recommending criminal charges against Donald Trump. You know, they didn't want to do this. Okay, that's not why they started this. They wanted to just investigate and see where it took them. Okay, did they ever figure out why Pelosi didn't want any more law enforcement officials there? Shut up. This is about the future of America. Okay. All right. Okay. You're a directionist. Okay. And where's your mask? (laughs) (laughs) So. Just asking. Uh, 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 <laughs> over on MSNBC, former Biden campaign official Simone Sanders and host Joy Reid oh, said, this is not good enough. We have to do more. 
<laughs> okay, go ahead. Joy, I was I was watching your show earlier today, and you talked about how post-Civil War, the folks who sided with the Confederate members of Congress, they were taken care of. They were expelled. Are we comparing this to the Civil freaking War of right course. now? Because yeah. it was an insurrection, Jamie. <laughs> I know that unlike they, the Civil War and unlike, you know, every other insurrection in human history, this one didn't involve <laughs> a whole lot of... You know, shots fired and whatnot, and the the insurrectionists just kind of like wandered away after being told <laughs> to leave. But this is the same. <laughs> okay, go ahead, ladies. This in this Congress, there are multiple individuals that conspired, that were willing to move hell and high water to disrupt the peaceful transition of power. And my fear, and frankly, I think the fear of many Americans out there, is that nothing is going to happen yeah. to them. It's actually a, a, a huge problem for our democracy that <laughs> we still have what amount to insurrectionists serving. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean... I just can't anymore. With you, people. I mean, the, the Democrats elevated an election denier to yeah. lead them in the House of Representatives, Hakeem Jeffries, who was floating Russian conspiracy theories for years about Donald Trump. Well, on the January 6th committee was Jamie Raskin. Yeah, Raskin yes. was on there. Yeah. What did he do after 2016? He objected to the certification of the electoral count. What? Yeah. And to democracy. Not to mention, this guy still thinks that uh, 2000 and 2004 elections with George W. Bush were rigged. They were stolen. He still believes that. Well, he still thinks he's fooling people with that hair color, too. <laughs> Give me a break. Come on, man. Yep. Well, he, yeah, right. I mean, okay. now he's on the January 6th, all pious on the January 6th committee. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the whole thing, too. Did you see any reports from, you know, if you're trying to follow news all over the place, including liberal outlets, you know, one of the... Unsung heroes. Unsung Liz Cheney from the left? Oh, yeah. They put her on a pedestal. Did you see how badly she lost? Yeah. <laughs> 35 points. An incumbent. That set a record. Yeah. But, oh, courageous. Standing up for democracy. And they just gerrymandered Kinzinger out of the district. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. It's unbelievable. Okay. That's out there. Oh, I, there's a new study out from Health News. Um, psychotherapy improved mental health of different people. Okay, that's not new. Of autistic adolescents with gender dysphoria. Oh, well, this is interesting. Um, this is something that could have, well, gotten you kicked off the old Twitter before Elon Musk took over. Because this gets in the way of the narrative. Yeah. yeah. Really does. This published in the Journal of Autism and Developmental Disorders, found that guided peer support group therapy showed positive mental health outcomes for autistic adolescents, again, that were struggling with gender dysphoria. This was conducted in the Netherlands. They emphasized the importance of mental health treatments while deprioritizing medical interventions like, oh, puberty-blocking drugs, cross-sex hormones, and surgery. It goes on to say in the story, you know, and this was, again, from the Netherlands, they're saying on the low end, 60%, and the high end, 90% of kids who identify as transgender, uh, but who do not socially or medically transition, will no longer identify as transgender into adulthood. Yeah. 
Okay. So more times than not, the whole thing's gone by the time you hit 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. But you think gender-affirming care is the way to go with puberty blockers and possibly surgery. That should be criminal. That's child abuse. I mean, dude, think if you were a gambler and you won 65% of the time, you could make a living as a gambler. Yeah. That's on the low end of this, mm -hmm. that the kid will be fine. Why would you risk that? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, we've talked about this before. We have. It became a, it became a thing. But it's just another study. So whenever something like this comes out, mm -hmm. to me, when you're looking at the Children's Hospital in Boston or what was going on at Vanderbilt, it's a chance to say, what about these other studies? What are you doing? It's freaking evil what you're doing. Yeah, I, It's not helping people. I, I read something about, about this a while back, and I think it's kind of interesting, and I might get some of the nitty-gritty details uh, mixed up, but the overall point is one of the issues we're seeing with this social contagion. Because mm -hmm. that's what it is with a lot of yeah, it's clearly what it is with with yes. a lot of young people identifying as trans, non-binary, all this kind of stuff. Uh, is it also has to do with overdiagnosing of autism? Because autism has for the last several years been put on the on the spectrum, right? And so some people who. Um, may not have had any sort of extra medical intervention or whatever, are now being diagnosed as having autism. And with that, you have, you know, tailor-made uh, lesson plans for school. Because, you know, I think in a lot of cases it's in good faith. You're trying to uh, yeah. educate a kid the best way that you possibly can. But you also sort of uh, place the thinking in this kid that I'm different because I have a diagnosis. And if they are still frustrated with their previous diagnosis, they will search for other things because that's human nature. If whatever they're doing right now isn't helping them feel more comfortable in their own skin, well, then they see all these happy people on TikTok or YouTube or wherever who have undergone hormone therapy, who mm -hmm. have changed their genders and they think life is so great and everything. So now you do actually have a lot of kids who are classified on the autism spectrum who are, again, frustrated that some interventions have not helped them feel more comfortable seeking this out as another form of self-diagnosis, essentially, and then self-medication. Yes. I mean, that's, that's talked about a lot of what you're saying um, in the story that I was reading. Um, talking about in the studies that the doctor said suggesting medical transition improves quality of life. The kids were also receiving psychotherapy at the same time. Okay, because people will go back and forth on these different numbers because when you're saying a lot of times a kid will work themselves out of this by the time they're 18 or yeah. 19. And so then the pushback would be, well, you want them to kill their, themselves, don't you? Right. And the numbers do not back that up. They just don't. Um and a lot of health outcomes go along with peer support. And so if you're confused at all and you're looking all over the place on social media, someone else, well, I'm trans, I'm trans, I, I'm non-binary. You're right, it's a social contagion. Yeah. yeah. Goodness gracious, man. Um, 
at the same time. So I see that story. It's not 10 minutes later. I'm looking around at other stories, and I see this, that there's a new report that 40% of liberal arts students now identify as LGBTQ. Well, of course. 40%? I'll let David weigh on the liberal arts uh, students. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, it, well, are, are you surprised? Because, I mean, again, a lot of these people are just engaged in an attention-seeking behavior. And when all of your peers are one thing or another in the alphabet soup that is a queer identity, then you have to be that too. And that's the thing. That's why they keep tacking letters onto this thing and now numbers onto this thing because, well, not everybody's gay, not everybody's a lesbian, not everyone's bisexual, but you can identify as queer or plus or whatever and make yourself yes. feel special. Cisgender white males who like right. trains. Right. You don't. <laughs> it's like, look, you don't. You don't have mm. to actually develop a personality when you no. can be affirmed by giving yourself exactly one of the letters that is in this ever. What is it up to now? I mean, there, there's like, it's it's gone beyond the alphabet now at this. Point. Well, the two spirits thing became yeah. something. Yeah. Well, they mentioned. Well, some schools it's over fifty percent. Oberlin College, Ohio, that's 51%. Uh-huh. All-girl, uh, Wellesley College in Massachusetts, that's 61%. And Smith College, uh, 70%. That's exclusively female. So, and it also says in that story, um, the rain, what do they call it? The rainbow grow of LGP where it started. Yeah. So then, yes, uh, agender. Gender fluid, pansexual, omnisexual, polyamorous, non-binary, uh, two-spirit, sapiosexual. What's that? I didn't know that I'd heard that one before. You know sapiosexual, David? I do not know. Sapio. That's a person who is attracted to intelligence, regardless of a person's gender identity. Okay, but that's not a gender right. That's not a. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not the same as being lesbian, gay, or bisexual. No. I mean, I, I really want the movement now to right. shift gears. Okay, we're going back to LGB, and then everybody else. You can have your your crazy, insane-looking flag of inclusion and whatnot, because that that's just a personality trait. That's not. Well, maybe you're getting your panties in a bunch because you're intelligent. See, nobody is going to be attracted to Scott or I because of this. But some people oh, might David, be attracted to right. you. Well, then I should sapiosexuals out there. <laughs> Crazy. There's also gray sexual. Gray sexual. Do you know what it is, David? Is that you're attracted okay, to people because with gray it, hair? Whoever guesses it right wins. Okay, I, might, I have a guess. Okay, go ahead. Attracted to... Grandmas and grandpas? <laughs> you went exactly where I thought you were going to go. Yeah. Uh, David? Is it like whichever, however you're feeling, that's that's what you... Oh, like a more area. complicated a gray, version yes, of... Yes, gray area between asexuality and sexuality. So, okay. so Yes. Yeah. It's not a gray hair or older person. Thanks, Scott. That's what I was thinking. Sorry to dash your hopes there, buddy. Darn. I yeah. had a chance then. There's also demisexual. But when I first saw it, I thought, well, that's Van Camp, the whole Demi Lovato thing. But no. Well, we broke up a long time ago. I know. Demi, she went crazy. D-E-M-I. Yeah. Demisexual. Huh. Um, I don't know what that is. No idea. No guesses. No. That describes someone who requires an emotional bond to form a sexual attraction. Okay. Which is so everybody, pretty and, much, right? Up, up until like two minutes no. ago, that's that that was called someone who wanted a committed relationship. Right, relationship, yeah. Yeah. That's 
Okay. But that's not everybody. Oh, no, I, Anybody I, that watches TV with you right. for 10 minutes knows that, Scott. Holy, did you see her? I see. That's a lie. David. That's a lie. Am I lying? I'm going to be nice a, to Scott because he has a, blood pressure issues. He's a... Uh, but you're not saying I'm not he's lying. A, he's a silent sexual. <laughs> <laughs> News update straight ahead right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Sometimes it feels like you get used to so many crazy stories out there. You just sort of get used to it. And then you step back and you think, you know, back in 2020, there were so many FBI employees at Twitter. They created their own private Slack channel and a crib sheet to onboard new FBI arrivals. Yep. Here, here's what you need to know. What is going on? And no one cares. No, it's like not a big deal. Uh, lefties are saying, well, it's not really a big deal. So, well, this is just more of a nothing burger or whatnot. I would love That's to see. That's the deep state proven. I, I would love to see MSNBC reporters who are saying that this is no big deal. I would love to see how they would cover it if they found out that, let's say, the Minneapolis Police Department had multiple retired police officers working at every local news outlet there and that they were making programming decisions on all the local newscasts, all the newspapers, all of the radio stations. That would be a big problem. That would be huge. And I'd agree with them on that. Yes. Well, how, how can you say this doesn't prove the deep state? You can't. No, you can't. That's the crazy thing. And to think, okay, Elon Musk is going to give these two journalists, here's here's all the intercommunications to find out, wait a second, they didn't get all of it because someone intercepted it. Who was that person? Jim Baker. Where did he work? The FBI. Right. Yeah. And no one cares. Okay. More on that a little bit later. Let's get to what is racist now. Uh, physics is racist. Physics is racist. Yeah, physics. Physics. Yeah. Wow. So... Uh, for the last few years, the Canadian government has been uh, funding a group of academics for a research project called Decolonizing Light, what? Tracing and Countering Colonialism in Contemporary Physics. The purpose of their project, they say, is not to find new or better explanations of light. We are not seeking to improve scientific, quote-unquote, truth. Rather, our project initiatives are motivated by the marginalization of women, black people, and indigenous peoples, particularly in physics. <laughs> so they, 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 they started funding this research project back in 2018, and they have produced exactly one paper, which is explaining the goals of the group. It's a scam. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is hilarious. I read about this in uh, National Review, by the way. They... They they plan to decolonize light itself by decentering Western astronomy and science in favor of developing courses with indigenous scholars and knowledge keepers via two-eyed seeing. The two-eyed seeing approach allows for intercultural collaboration and multiple perspectives. Wow. Yeah, I just put in physics racist and got a piece called The Toll of White Privilege. Uh, diversity and anti-racism, that's Northeastern. 
And yeah, a Seattle professor also claimed that physics is racist. So somebody stole that professor's piece. That's appropriation. We need justice now. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Kevin Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A big story, and even legacy media is starting to pay attention, the crisis at the border. Yeah. And so now, Title 42, well, it's kicking the can down the road. Supreme Court says, oh, hold on a second before yeah. we lift that. Yeah, so there there was a lower court ruling that said that, by, that the Biden administration asked for, by the way, um, to lift Title 42, which allows migrants to be expelled more quickly, um, makes the already very, very, very liberal uh definition of asylum seeker uh, makes it makes it a little bit you know curtails it just a little bit anyway they want people coming in they, absolutely they do that's the only reason why you would ask to lift this particular order right now you could keep it in place yes um and so the supreme court got an emergency petition from several republican states who were saying hey we got an emergency going on already and it's going to get worse if this gets lifted so the Supreme Court has said, well, we're putting this on hold while we kind of sort through it. The Biden administration has uh, until, what, 5 o'clock Eastern today to uh, submit a response to it. What, what are we going to do with this, right? That Basically, mm -hmm. it's sort of a timeout. Let's, let's make sure that we really want to do this, guys, um, kind of moment. Uh, but the Biden administration is still... I, I don't know what they're going to ultimately do. They really should do the right thing and just keep this in place, after all. They are still in court saying that student loan debt forgiveness should go through because we're in a COVID emergency. Right. <laughs> so, it's only when they work on things they want to see happen. Right, right. And then the question that comes up naturally is, uh, what about Kamala Harris? Because she's been on the old uh, root causes parade for, what, over a year at this point? It was interesting, this, you know, presser yesterday. And, I, you know, Corrine Jean-Pierre's got to know a lot of the questions what's coming her way that's why she has her notebook and she looks up the answer right <laughs> yeah. <know>? like, <laughs> open book test yeah. anyway <laughs> but I, I don't know that she was prepared for this one uh because after all the other lying and everything else it was asking about well the vice president and root causes and you'll probably recognize this voice i can picture the guy but i forget where he's from the president uh, tasked the vice president with studying and working on the root causes of some of these issues i'm wondering if there's any update from this side of the white house on what she's been doing and what she will continue to do as we're expecting an influx at the border well, as you know the president uh, appreciates the partnership that he has with the vice president you're right that has been her charge to uh, work in a diplomatic is there ever a president that doesn't appreciate having the vice president around <laughs> is it just words yeah, to well, stall time just, yeah okay run okay. the clock out here uh, work in a diplomatic way on finding the root causes of of um, of migration i uh, don't have anything to lay out specifically on what that work looks like uh, but again we appreciate her partnership uh, and uh, i would probably f uh, refer you to her office on anything specific on the work that she's doing okay 
God, like that's a thing. You know, nothing solid. I know she's been working on it for the better part of a year and a half, I think. Yeah. Those root causes. No update, though, exactly what they are. This is a tough nut to crack. I thought it was the Biden-Harris administration, right? They've made this big deal about it. It wasn't the Biden administration. It was Biden-Harris. We're working hand-in-hand on this. We're having Mm -hmm. lunch every day or maybe once a week or maybe once a month or once a quarter, something like that. You know, it's kind of Joe Biden is is on the deadbeat dad uh, trajectory when it comes to meeting Mm -hmm. with Kamala Harris. You know, it starts out every day, then once a week, then you kind of forgets then sends him a christmas card that's pretty much all that happens here well i'm sure he's got to be curious about the root causes of why think. people want to come to the united states i mean who if we could just figure that part out we could solve the whole thing she's like the mcrib of politics shows up once a year and is disappointed <laughs> <laughs> we all know what the root cause is all you i know, do is I, ask well, the people I know it's that. a better it, life she's not doing anything it's nothing being done. But I love the fact that that dude asked the question. Well, yeah. Because he knew it was going to be a bunch of BS. What we must do oh, no. to address the root causes of migration. Yeah. To address the root causes. Yes. The issue of root causes is not going to be solved in one trip. To address the root causes oh. as though it's something that can be dealt with overnight. To feel so she's the still working vigorously on of it. those root causes okay. on our shores. Yes. And the root causes are based on the problems and the challenges that people are facing in countries like Guatemala, which is why I was there. We have to address the root causes. If it wasn't tearing the country apart so badly, it would be hilarious. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it still is. Maybe you just have to have that sense of humor. Oh, David, David said it best. She always sounds like she's reciting a book report. She didn't read the book. Yeah. Yeah, that that's is what, true. That's what that is. If you listen to that, that's exactly what it is. There's tell, no answer there. Let me tell you about a tale of two cities. It involves two cities. It's a tale. Uh, yes. But not the tale in the way that animals have tales. Right. T-A-L-E. That's a common misconception that they're talking about like an animal's tale in two cities. There's nothing wrong with animals. Animals are great. There was a Garfield movie called A Tale of Two Kitties. What's in the book? What's in the book? Well, let me tell you, it's it's a book (laughs) by Charles Dickens, and it's about two cities. Okay, what about the two cities? Well, there are two of them. Yes. And And? it's a tale about those two. Anything else? It, 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 It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Why was it the best times or the worst times? Because I lived in the good city. Because there were, there was one city that was good and another city that was bad. Okay. Hey, listen, it's your answer for your book report. If you want some coaching in the... Green Jean Pierre way. I would suggest a few. I, we've been clear about this. I've been I've been clear. It's two okay? cities. Okay. There, there are two in terms of the number of cities that exist go. in this Very book, good. which is said to have been written yes by Charles Dickens, if you will. <laughs> I like way adding, better. I like adding the if you would way <laughs> better. Let's yeah. go. Okay, enough of the cynicism. All right, all let's right. let's try to appreciate some people that have been working hard. Great Americans. That have been given a difficult task and have gotten through it with such dignity. Yeah. Of course I'm talking about the January 6th committee. Yeah. Yeah. 
So election denier and House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries gave his reaction to the January 6th committee, which recommended criminal charges against Donald Trump. They didn't want to do this. Okay, this is just where the facts led them. (laughs) All right. Uh, The fact that they were able to conduct this type of inquiry with such intense pressure and maintain the dignity of it all uh, was incredible. And I think we'll go down in history as one of the most important moments of congressional inquiry ever in the republic. Yeah, after being called out on social media by a guy named Cat Turd, Adam Kinzinger threatened to punch him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of dignity there. Well, well, dude, both of the Adams on that committee, Adam Schiff and Adam Kinzinger, literally cried. Yes. Yes, they did. I mean, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you, you know, you know. You don't get to have two of the most high-profile members of that committee go full bitch mode on day one <laughs> and then talk about how there was such dignity, dignity being maintained. Classy people. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Isn't that Mr. Election Denier right there? Yeah. Hiding in the dream? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Forgot about that, too, I guess. It just wasn't the Donald Trump. Of course. No. Oh, you know what? Uh... Some news about the economy and some news about business because we've got Christmas season going on. You know, retailers, well, it's hit and miss, man. Yep. But there's one thing that's doing well as far as the toy industry is concerned. Hmm. Well, a couple things. One's inflation. That's not good. The other is a new consumer group known as Kidults. Kidults, you say? Yeah. Mm. You would be one of those, Mr. Robbins. Uh, yeah, I probably am. If If I'm correct in my assumption that this is... Adult people buying toys. Well, this is how it's defined. They said ages 12 and older. That's you. Yeah. Um, And that would be people that uh, buy toys and have a great fondness for cartoons, superheroes, and collectibles that remind them of their childhood. Would you say that's fair? I don't do superheroes. And very little reminds me of my childhood. Well, it's not all combined. I think it's it's one of these things. Mm-hmm. And that'd be one would be collectibles that remind you of your childhood. I could, to an extent, I guess. It seems like you're fighting this real hard right now. Well, you, I mean... You I, have I, a bunch of Funko Pop collectibles, yes, right? but they're not from my childhood. But they remind... I mean, it's not like you're getting current artists. They're classic rock artists, aren't they? I've got Kurt Cobain. That was 28 years ago, Scott. <laughs> no, that was 31 years 30, ago. Right? I, I was going to no, say there's, there's, yeah. 31. I don't have Nas X or anything, no. I'm listening to the current music and Nirvana. <laughs> and I heard a Stone Temple pilot. Have you heard about Pearl Jam? I All thought the that new was stuff, a dessert. I'm into it. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> you ready? I've got all the Def Leppard guys. <laughs> yeah. Another fresh new artist. You heard of the new wave of British heavy metal? How about the Iron Maiden? (laughs) Just giving you a hard time, man. This is you. This is seriously. You have these companies now that are targeting adults that are buying toys that remind them of childhood. You've talked many times about your Funko Pops. It's a nostalgic thing. And in some regards, yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, this is helping keep the toy industry afloat, according to this story from CNBC. That's good. Yes. Um, it says in the 70s and 80s, the toy business started shifting away from being an industry that was just about the next innovative item and embraced creating more product-based or on entertainment franchises. 
And then that goes to, well, for your Funko Pops, it's music. Is it just musicians? No, it's, it's, it's musicians and pro athletes that I like. Do they make them for all sorts of celebrities? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, they do. I'm, I've got the Seinfeld cast. I've got okay. uh, Mike, Michael Jordan. I just picked up Walter Payton the other day. Yeah. So Joe Perry, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. So this is – do you have any special ones on your Christmas list? No, people know what I like. I mean – I was just curious. I didn't know. I collect everything. Do you still make a Christmas list? No. Okay. I didn't know if that went along with I the... tell people I don't need a damn thing. I just go get it if I want. Got it. Yes. Okay. Much more to get to. A medical school lecturer said, don't debate me on systemic racism. Why not? Yeah. We'll get to that story and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right. Before we get to a medical school lecturer not wanting to debate systemic racism, uh, well, our money is getting spent again. It looks like, uh, yeah, well, the of omnibus, it is. Yeah. omnibus bill. Yeah. So this is what happens all the time. They give people uh, this massive, what is it, fourteen hundred page spending bill, a uh, couple hours before they're supposed to vote on it. Nobody actually reads through it. Um, but, uh, well, nobody who's supposed to vote on it really reads through it. And then they're told they're bad Americans if they don't want to vote on something they haven't read. Well, the Heritage Foundation, by the way, a conservative think tank, is highlighted some funny things Okay, that are funded through this. $1.2 million for LGBTQIA plus pride centers. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, $477,000 for the Equity Institute in Rhode Island nope. uh, to create anti-racism virtual labs. There you go. Uh, do, 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 do. We got $3 million for the American LGBTQ Plus Museum in New York City. No. Uh, $750,000 for the LGBT and gender nonconforming housing in Albany, New York. Uh, $2 million for something called Great Blacks and Wax Museum in Baltimore. I guess it's a wax museum of African-American historical figures. Okay. Yeah, you mean, good with that one? That, I don't know, man. That, I, the, I at the least name, want to see the rendering and who we got included here. I want to see what it looks like. The name's got a great ring to it. I will say that. But I still don't want taxpayer dollars going to it. Uh, $856,000 for the LGBT Center in New York. Uh, let's see, $750,000 for the Translatina, but they spell it with an A, or with the, uh, with the at symbol, I mean, uh, coalition to provide workforce development programs and supportive services for transgender and gender nonconforming and intersex immigrant women in Los no. Angeles. No. <laughs> nope. Anything else? Uh, no. Well, I, I update here. It's actually, yeah, 4,100 pages long. They had a typo. Also see $44.9 billion in Ukraine aid. Even more. Yeah. No! No! <laughs> Ronnie James Dio doesn't even like it. From the grave. <laughs> He's had it. He doesn't like it. Goodness gracious. All right, what's the medical school lecturer? Yeah, so Fox News got some video of a lecturer at Washington University's medical school talking about systemic racism in medicine. 
So apparently this is part of something called the Gateway Curriculum that was rolled out in 2020 as a response to those mostly peaceful riots. Um, it's now required for medical students to take health equity and justice lessons. And they're taught by nut jobs like this, Caitlin Reedy Rogier, who isn't a, a medical doctor, apparently, uh, but she is part of the Understanding Systemic Racism team at the university, and future doctors will be learning from her. Here's part oh. of what Fox News got. I have a really hard time being neutral around issues of systemic oppression, okay? So oftentimes you will know how I feel. This does not mean that I am opposed to hearing other perspectives. So I would like to be very clear about that. I am always willing to engage in dialogue with folks that may disagree with me, always. Uh, and I will not think less of you, nor will I try to fight you or debate you. What? And in fact, if you try to fight me or debate me, I will shut that down real fast, okay? Um, and so when we are asking you all to engage in this, we're really asking you to think about your own identities and what that means to be anti-racist, which is an active stance um, in is, medicine. That's nonsense. That we know has a really bad racism issue. What? Yeah. That we know has a really bad racism issue. Okay. I know from my daughter, medical school is friggin' hard. You're studying hours and hours and hours a day. No one's asking for sympathy. You should have to, to be a doctor, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't have time for this freaking nonsense. You don't. No, I know. Stop this crap. They have to do the work. Oh, <laughs> up yours, <laughs> friggin' people. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Oh, jeez, man. Right. These hustlers, dude. I'm open it's for a, debate, but don't debate me on this. Weak people are in charge yeah. all over the place. One day, the strong people are going to snap, man, and say, okay, <laughs> enough. Yep. That's it. Jeez. Okay, what's the biggest story of the day, David? Uh, <laughs> biggest story of the day, uh, I mean, aside from uh, the fact that Congress is supposed to be voting on this massive spending bill and no one really knows what's in it and what we know is in it is not very good, uh, but also the border crisis ongoing, and there was a moment of clarity on MSNBC. I want to spring this on you. Oh. All right, I'm interested. I admit it. And the Sky Robbins trifecta, all coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, news update before we get to the trifecta. David Van Camp with that news update. Yeah, so uh, Title 42, the health order that made it easier to expel migrants coming across the border, it was not doing a whole lot of good, obviously, because we've had a record number of people coming in under these dubious asylum claims and whatnot. Or just outright coming in illegally and saying, see you later, what you going to do about it? Right. Um, and now uh, Title 42 is going to stay in place for the near future after the Supreme Court said, okay, we're going we're gonna to keep that in place while we await uh, hearings on lawsuits that have been filed uh, by border states. And, <laughs> and so the Biden administration is going to have to figure out, do they really want to do this and really open up the floodgates at the border? Because there's like 50,000 some odd people waiting just to come in until mm -hmm. Title 42 or as soon as Title 42 is, is lifted. Now, 
if you watch liberal media, if you watch especially MSNBC, all the time you will hear them saying it's not really a crisis and, oh, this, the, the, the people complaining about it are racist, they're xenophobic. It's not, I mean, and I can't believe that someone would send migrants to Martha's Vineyard. That's so hateful. Well, they actually send a reporter down to El Paso. And this person, the reporter in El Paso, is talking to Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC and saying, hey, you know, there's like a lot of people uh, sleeping on the streets and it's kind of cold out. It was 33 degrees this morning when when people were getting up and they were just kind of out on the streets because they had nowhere to go. Right. They just kind of showed up, and uh, <laughs> the feds just kind of released them into the streets of El Paso. Uh, it might get a lot worse, and I'll pick it up here as Andrea Mitchell is trying to keep the conversation moving. Okay. If Title 42 is lifted, border officials say there'll be a record number of 10,000 unauthorized border crossings per day. So what is the long-term solution? I mean, you've talked to officials down there, and they, they've ramped up, but they can't possibly handle that. Oh, wow. Suddenly it's not this, like, white supremacist uh, uh, conspiracy theory, huh? Anyway, here's the rest of the report. That's right. It's really just a numbers game, Andrea. And for a while, yes, we've been looking at maybe 10,000 a day across the border, but I think it might even be higher than that. Now that I've been able to get down on the ground and talk to people, we're talking about just here in El Paso, numbers could be as high as five to 6,000 a day. Why does Biden need to go to the border? Well, geez, this lady's <laughs> eyes were opened, right? Right. <laughs> actually going and talking to people yes. that this directly affects. Mm-hmm. might actually open your eyes to the problem. This is just one small section of the border. So they're worried that they could be completely overwhelmed and not be able to meet people's basic human needs. Officials have ramped up processing, but we were even able to see as of last night, a lot of migrants just crossing and migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with U.S. immigration authorities. They just walked right in. It's extraordinary. Julia, thank you so much for your coverage. And uh, no, no, The border is closed. Gosh, when, even on MSNBC, they're like, yeah, we actually just saw people walking right in. How many people did they say again right now on the streets of El Paso because it's been in the thousands? Yeah, it's thousands every day. And now, I mean, there, there's news reports last night. Migrants trying to cross the street, getting hit by cars in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. I mean, it's it's awful. And then you think about New York City. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how many people have come up to New York City, last count, uh, where they're saying, we can't take any more? 31,000. Okay. 31,000 into, what, 8.5 million people mm-hmm. in New York City? Think of that. And think of the thousands in a town of El Paso, which is what? Just under uh, uh, El Paso proper, I think, is just under a million. And in the town itself, it's like yeah. six to seven hundred thousand, yeah. dude. And that's why the mayor, uh, not of El Paso, but of other Texas towns. What's the one I'm thinking of, man? We just Del had that Rio? Clip yesterday. Yes, and she's like, "Well, yeah, welcome to our world. Yeah, this is what it's like all the time. You see the El Paso airport right now. Yeah, it's people are just sleeping in the airport everywhere, everywhere." And you don't blame them. They're looking for a better life. This is all by design from the Biden administration. We already know this. It's just, again, man, frustrating. But that's interesting. Even Andrea Mitchell has to face facts. Going like, oh, my gosh, this is uh, not very good. Well, she sounds like uh, 
right-wing propagandist, that Andrea Mitchell. Right. Well, according to the White House, she is now. Unreal. Yes, she's helping the smugglers. Yes. According to them. All right, we got to get to the trifecta. You ready, Scott? Yeah, let's, well, let's do that. Are you ready? One, two, look at you It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time. Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, always helped by his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Casey Kasem. Help Scott count him down. As he has done for a long time. Radio plays them, record stores sell them, Billboard ranks them, and Scott counts them down. You got the new liners. All right, good. (laughs) That's been around for quite a while, actually. Three. (laughs) Uh, Number three, Hacksaw Jim thwarted a robbery, you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. You guys remember Hacksaw Jim Dugan, don't you? I don't. The guy that has a (laughs) two-by-four? Marched on the in the World Wrestling Federation. I remember the name from yeah. wrestling. Yeah, I had him on the air one time at a radio station we both worked at. Really? I had a big interview with Hacksaw Jim. He yeah. was still a thing at that time. Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, one of the more recognizable names. Anyway, yeah. uh, he is home with his wife in their place in South Carolina when all of a sudden an intruder rolls into the house. They hear him. The 68-year-old former wrestler gets out of bed. Sees a guy, appears to be in his mid-20s, entering through his front door. He goes top rope. He takes the guy down and puts a forty-four in his face. Hey! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> this guy's peeing himself on the floor right now. He got taken down, and now he he's is. being held with a gun in his face. Has his wife, Deborah call the cops. Cops come arrest him. The guy said he heard people outside. He thought the neighborhood was coming to kill him. Wow, man. That's wild. So nice story. There you go. See? Yes. Guy's got a gun. Like that. Yep. Intruder, not a, not able to uh, complete his task. And I'm glad that he has the home protection. I'm guessing if it's just one-on-one, even without the gun at 68, Hacksaw Jim's taking that dude down. Oh, he took him down. Yeah, he took him down first. <laughs> That's crazy. Before he pulled the gun out. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. The Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. Two. Uh, far left Senator Elizabeth Warren I guess she's talking about uh, Elon Musk here. January 6th. Oh, January 6th. Oh. Yeah, January 6th. She trotted 6th. out a, uh, a line that I'm sure you've never heard. Yeah, she did yesterday, tweeted it out. No one is above the law, ah. not even a former president of the United States. That old familiar trope is trotted out one more time. So that's, that's what she had to say. And people were quick to remind her, you faked your heritage. You lied about your heritage, you hypocrite. <laughs> she has to know that's coming anytime she does something. Yeah, like and the this, current right? president and his his crackhead son seem to be above the law, but don't let that get in the way either. I bet she needed a beer after that. I'm gonna get me a beer. Yes. One of my all time favorite New Year's Eve television specials, yeah. Which is going to get me a beer from Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Yes. Now, on with the countdown. (laughs) Yes, Casey. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. One. Number one, uh, you are kind of obsessed with what Joe Biden gives his wife every uh, Christmas. (laughs) I didn't know this until yesterday. Hmm. He and the doctor were guests on the Drew Barrymore talk show on TV. I know. I didn't know either. But apparently Drew Barrymore has a show. And the question came up because it's around Christmas time. Gee, does, uh, does the president give you anything for Christmas, Dr. Jill? And she said, well, as a matter of fact, he does. Every year, Joe writes me a poem. Hmm. She says, what I've come to expect from my husband. 
So anyway, uh, with that in mind, I don't know if this is 100% true, but maybe it is. Some of the poems that could be included, roses are red, I like bacon and eggs. Sometimes I tell children about my hairy legs. That, that could be one. Another fine example of some poetry from our president could be roses are red, you're a national treasure. I meant it when I said... True international average of pressure. That's right. It rhymes, see? I, I, I know. You love that joke. I love that joke. Yes. But he did. He, she did say that. That is true. That he writes her poems, poems every yeah. year. I just think that's great, man, as far as the amount of time. Because it's hard to keep a schedule when you're the president with all these different crises going on. Uh-huh. And you got time for the Drew Barrymore show. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, not even an A-list show. That's that's really a good use of time there. Fantastic. And that is the trifecta. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. And yeah. there you have it. Yes, Thanks, Casey. No doubt about it. Get your um, Christmas tree up, Casey? I think he did. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, did you happen to see this story? A federal judge approved a class action settlement of more than $10 million for workers at an Illinois health care system who were... Made to get the vax or lose your job. Oh. They were looking for the religious exemption. No kidding. Rejected. Yes. Oh, it was rejected? Judge John Ness granted approval yesterday with the final judgment provided by next week. Saying, yes, $10.3 million settlement. Whoa. Because they were denied religious exemptions. I'm telling you, man, this is going to... We talked about this early on. What are they going to do? do? There's going to be a whole lot of lawsuits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. One of the people involved said this case should set a precedent for other employers who have violated the law by denying religious exemptions for their employees. Not to mention what the vaccine has turned out to be. (laughs) Exactly. These employers look so bad in so many ways. They and you want to say, okay, maybe they were just doing what they thought was best at the time. Some were coerced into it. But, man, I don't think people are going to go for this ever again. But firing someone over a religious objection? Hmm. Yeah. That's dicey. Buddy. Ten yeah. million. What was well, it? there's precedent right there. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Another news update. A lot popping today. And Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. Right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David Van Camp always with the news updates. All right, what now? I, I, I'm just, I'm still a little bit floored by what we heard from MSNBC. I know you could say that almost every day, but this time I'm, I'm actually grateful for MSNBC as they were talking about how there are thousands of migrants who just kind of walk into the country. That's breaking news to a lot of MSNBC viewers, honestly. You know what? You're right about that. And that is true. Yeah, I know they bury it in the midday show, but <laughs> don't don't want to give all all the people the real news all at once, okay? Well, there's been a lot of different things happening, man, that I don't know how long it can be avoided as far as news coverage. And I shouldn't be surprised that the Twitter files and really I think now there will be some people you hear Twitter files it means nothing to them. The FBI was controlling the messages coming out of Twitter. Voices were being silenced. Stories were being censored yeah. from the FBI. Yeah. 
for a political advantage. So many former FBI employees working at Twitter, they had their own communications. And somehow this isn't a story at major news outlets. That's astounding, man, that that's actually happening. And, you know, the story we were just talking about a little bit ago where a court granted a $10.3 million settlement to healthcare workers who were denied religious exemptions yeah. for the COVID vaccine. You think about, well, how much COVID news people don't even know. I had a few people ask me within the last 24 hours, David, because you told the story about someone you knew who was thinking you were the worst parent ever because your one-year-old and three-year-old were not vaccinated. Yeah. Against COVID. I want to be clear about that. Against COVID. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Dude, there are a lot of people that might think you were crazy because of that because they've been brainwashed. Yeah. They don't have the current information, the real information. Well, and the thing is, it's not even really all that current. I mean, there there were several European countries and even doctors here in the United States that were saying, you know, especially under five, I I don't know why we're rushing into this because we don't know that there will be any big benefit and there may be risks associated. There may be very few risks. We don't know, but that's the point. If you can't look at a parent and say, we know for a fact this is something that will prevent your kid from getting this virus and spreading this virus and is going to save their lives, then you shouldn't give it to them. I mean, because especially COVID doesn't appear to be all that big of a risk to little ones. No, and it's been proven. If you're a healthy kid, there's more risk in the vaccine Mm -hmm. than there is getting COVID. But so many people don't know that because, yeah, we've talked about it for a long time. Other shows that we respect or news outlets we respect have talked about it, but so many haven't. And that part's just crazy. All right, with that, we still got to get to Nimrods. All right, roll this out. You're like this. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. This story involves a woman in a wheelchair and a Grinch blanket. Let's start here. Down in Orlando at Universal, a dude from Avon Park faces grand theft charges. Police said he stole merchandise from Universal Orlando from the resort. Um, Said he and the woman were inside the studios, and he was looking at different pin displays. Little pins you can get. He slipped one in his back pocket, and then he's walking out of the place. They're like, hey, what's going on? So police follow him out, say, hey, uh, give us the pin. And so this dude, Alexander Gill, gave him the pen. And so then they start talking to the woman who was in the wheelchair that had this Grinch blanket on her lap. And so the loss prevention officer there noticed the woman had two bags of merchandise hidden under the blanket. Oh. Hey, hey. Uh-oh. What you got there? Well, yeah, uh, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't paid for these items yet. 41 stolen items totaling $775. She's keeping them warm. She's keeping them warm. It's cold. Well, guess what? What's that? You know what else was stolen? The Grinch blanket. (laughs) Oh, God. You know who told her she had to be in a wheelchair the rest of her life? Who? It was her doctor, Dr. Seuss. (laughs) 